Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sports Radio, broadcasting live from the Brown and Crouppen Studios. If you're listening on the Radio.com app, make sure to favorite 610 Sports Radio, KCSP Kansas City, WDAF HD2 Kansas City, a Radio.com sports station. Back in on live and local Saturdays on 610 Sports Radio. It's 2 o'clock. We've got an hour left, and then Chris Unicero and Julio Sanchez will take over as their other co-host is in Paris, France. Jillian Carroll, out of town. If you're down at Boulevardia this week, and go see Steven Serta. He is dripping in sauce. Sleeveless, sunglasses, about the same color as a highlighter. Something that makes me happy is that Patrick Reed snapped his club over his knee after a poor shot at the U.S. Open. Man, I don't like Patrick Reed. U.S. Open currently going on. Tiger Woods just teed off, well, about 30 minutes ago. But something that we talked about, well, about two hours ago, was Chiefs minicamp. And from the 913 they set up to the last subject, was there an asterisk against the Warriors when they beat the Cavs without Irving or Love? Nah, man. I, I didn't pick up asterisks. I don't know where that came from, but I don't know. Absolutely not. I'm just saying, like Steph Curry said after that game, he, he's he got some kind of quote out there where he's basically like, I'm sorry that we weren't able to play this team at full strength. Like, obviously, it takes it away from it a little bit, but we still won. That's all right. That's all. The, I mean, it's basically the same thing that we're saying here. It is what it is. But something that I found interesting when I was – Basically, just in my own head, thinking of Chiefs training camp. The Chiefs released the training camp schedule. It's the same as every year, but it's not, if that makes any world of sense. So the schedule they release, you've got first practice open to the public July 27th. Team autograph sessions, that's going to be a busy day. $5 admission fee. Sunday, July 28th, season ticket member day, team autograph session. Friday, August 2nd, Chiefs Alumni Day, Gatorade Junior Camp, team autograph session. Family Fun Day on Saturday, August 3rd, $5 admissions, team autographs. Sunday, August 4th, season ticket member day. 
And then Thursday, August 15th, always a cool day down there. They do Military Appreciation Day final camp practice. One thing I always found interesting about Chiefs training camp, um, which is going to become really disturbing for you, Nick Price, is that like at the end of every practice, they have this gigantic swimming pool, mm-hmm. like an above-ground inflatable pool that's just filled with ice and water. And all these grown-ass men that played that practiced all day go jump in that pool together Ugh. because obviously the treatment on the body, it kind of right. turns the swelling down. It always just took me by surprise. I don't know. They're just all standing there. They're all like basically like half naked just in the big ice bath. But Chiefs training camp has a feel to it this year that I think is similar, very similar, to when the Royals got to the World Series in 14 and the fan fest that followed, and then when they won the World Series in 15 and also the fan fest that followed. So hold on. How are you comparing the Chiefs and Royals? Real easy. Fan fest has always been interesting for the Chiefs because it's like during the week, the weekends are obviously the bigger spike. It's in St. Joe, so that's about... I don't know, close to an hour's drive from here. It's not depending on how fast you're going. Um, for some people that live in the sub- suburban areas around like Lee Summit, Blue Springs, Grain Valley, Oak Grove, uh, Olathe, wherever it may be, it's it's maybe too far for you to go to where you haven't really thought about it quite yet. Now you have Patrick Mahomes, who's the reigning MVP offensive player of the year. That team was a coin flip away from going to the Super Bowl. They were offsides away from going to the Super Bowl. Just like the Royals in 14 were so close. 90 feet. To possibly winning a World Series. And whereas it was Madison Bumgarner that didn't allow you to go that far, as where it's Tom Brady here, there's a lot of similarities here. The Chiefs are so close, just like the Royals were, to where their fans don't have any doubt of like, well, we may never get there again. Now your fan base says, no, I'm pretty sure we're going to get there again, and we're probably going to win it again. And in the 2015 season, the Royals didn't stop. They won the AL Central. They were the best team in the American League that year. They went through the entire playoff system again, went to the World Series, beat the Mets. It is what it is. They had some guys on that team that locally were heroes. Eric Hosmer, Mike Moustakas, Sal Perez, Danny Duffy, Edison Volquez, Johnny Cueto, Ben Zobris. I can go on and on and on. Yodano Ventura. Oh, baby, we go to a series again. Oh, baby. Mm-hmm, best. <laughs> best quote ever mm-hmm. for a Royals team. Other than, if I don't know if you heard George Brett the other night. It was really great. They said, what would you do with the shift? He just said, I'd hit 480. I Fan- love that. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if, like, George was, like, kind of loose, but he was great on television when mm-hmm. they had him on there for that Omaha game. But when you look at the Chiefs and what this training camp will be, you're like, well, it's in July. In August, well, that's right around when preseason starts. So you're about a month and a half away from training camp. You've got a town where the team, the Royals, are very bad this year. 25 games under 500. The team is out of it. They lost interest to the city. Right. Already. And you have a team in the Chiefs that have the most popular player in the NFL, I would say, today. Now, not longevity, but right now the most popular player in the NFL and Patrick Mahomes. You have Patrick Mahomes who throws... Crazy deep balls. He throws no-look passes. And you have the, I got to see it. I want to be there. I want a chance to get Mahomes' autograph. Mahomes is now a superstar. Last year, he wasn't. This team got all the way to the AFC Championship. The years before, they didn't. This team is now number one when it comes to odds to win the Super Bowl. It's 6-1 along with the New England Patriots. They didn't used to be. Now they are. 
There's a lot of hype around this team in June. And now that you have training camp coming up, I've got a feeling it's going to be a lot like, well, yeah, it's going to be a lot like FanFest. Now, granted, FanFest is two days or three days, I think. Isn't it like Thursday, Friday, Saturday? Or is it Friday, Saturday, Sunday? It's something like that. Yeah. And, all right? Yeah. Okay. And when it comes to this, it's a long it's a long stretch of days. Like, you can go on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, one week. You miss it, you can do it again the next week. You miss it, you can do it again the next week. But you've got to think, which week is it not going to be packed? Never. Yeah. You're going to have so many people that go and sit on the hill, that buy the tickets to go do this, that sign up for the autograph sessions. You now have more people that are engaged because they're now season ticket fan holders, and they're going to go get theirs. And trust me, they're going to get theirs. Because not that autographs are as popular as they used to be, but they are if it says Patrick Mahomes 15. So I find it very interesting that there's a chance that training camp could be a skyrocket, not only because of Mahomes, but because of where this team is and where everything is in Kansas City currently. You look at the Chiefs' Twitter handle, you look at how they tweet things out, it's always ending with a Patrick Mahomes slow motion bomb down the field. And the way they ended their little mini camp videos was Patrick Mahomes throwing a deep bomb to McCole Hardman in season. Not only that, but they have the video you can follow along on the, what is it, the Chiefs? The the franchise? The franchise. Yeah. So they're going to have videos there. There's going to be things that are trendy that happen at training camp that's also going to get fans engaged and get out there. This team and this training camp is going to be different than any other training camp that you've ever attended if you ever have. I mean, I know our boss is going to have ears and eyes and recordings down there because we'll have to, because you don't know what you'll miss because it'll be that interesting. Something else that's very interesting that we can take a little bit of time on is I think Patrick Mahomes is going to get grown-ass men. When I say grown-ass men, I mean 50s and 60s to possibly buy the game Madden this year. We had this segment earlier, and it kind of blew up on the phone lines. I had guys calling in that were 51, 52, and 47 that were like, dude, I'm going to buy this game not just for my kids but for myself. I then asked the question to, I think his name was Lobos. Mm-hmm. I said, are you going to be okay kicking your kid's ass with Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback? Absolutely. Your dad, Mike Price, said, I'm going to buy not one copy, but two. Not for you, but for him and one to keep in a keepsake in mint condition. That's how crazy this is. That's where we're at right now with Chiefs football. Training camp gets announced. You know the crowds are going to be enormous. And then they announce that Patrick Mahomes is going to be on the cover of Madden, that he's going to have the no-look pass in the what is it, the bazooka cannon arm feature? Mm-hmm. Nick, I haven't bought Madden in over 10 years. I'll probably buy this game just to play with Patrick Mahomes. And my buddy that just texted me a while back just said, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs will now be the team on the, on the Madden, and they'll be the cheat team. Remember when you used to do the random teams where you click the right trigger and you pick one of the three that come up? Now if the Chiefs come up, it's like, ah, hey, you got to keep going, get a new yeah, team. It's like a 2K with Golden State. You're like, ah, oh, you can't play with them. It's like when you play Give online, you the majority of the teams are going to be like the Patriots or they're going to be the Eagles. Now you're going to see a lot of Chiefs, and Patrick Mahomes is the reason of that. So Patrick Mahomes, think about this, and the Chiefs. Cover of Madden, this is all in a matter of like three months. Cover of Madden, grown men that are in their 50s and 60s are going to buy Madden, I guarantee it. I know that for a fact because some of them called in today. Chiefs training camp schedule gets announced. You see when you can go if you're a season ticket holder. You see when they do Military Appreciation Day. You see when they do all their days when it comes to July and August. And then just the want to because of the time that it is right now in the city where the team that plays baseball in some major league franchise isn't really holding up their end of the bargain at 25 games under 500. I'm telling you, 
it's going to be a lot like it was at FanFest in 15 or 14 when it came to the Royals and the success that they had in that featured season. Yeah, can you imagine what the lines are going to be look like in Kansas City the day that Madden comes out? <laughs> it's going to be insane. It's going to be people camping out for that. You know how they do, like, the local ratings for, like, games that watch that night? Like, how they can see, like, who had, like, the ratings for highest views? Yeah. I'd like to know when it comes to, like, pre-orders. Yeah. Where the most come from. Because I've got a feeling that Kansas City's got to be in the top three. Yeah. When it comes to if pre-ordered the, games. If not the most. I'm getting a PlayStation soon. If you get Madden, Dusty, I can give you that work. Lance. Lance, I see your Twitter. You're too good at Madden for me to play. You haven't played Madden in 10 years. Now, you want to play FIFA. That's a different story. But it's crazy, man, because, like, football's on its way, and it'll be here in about three and a half weeks. These guys are going to get a little time off. We'll see what happens. And that's the other thing. Just that amount of time off is going to get people that worked up to say, ooh, what did I miss? I want to be there when Mahomes throws the no-look 80-yard touchdown to McCole Hardman. I want to be there when Chris Jones walks into camp because you know when that cat daddy gets played, to take a line from Ron Hughley, when that cat daddy Chris Jones gets paid and stops seeing guys like Harrison Butker get $20 million as a kicker, oh, man, he's going to have some classic one-liners when he comes into play. We've got just a little under 50 minutes left of this show that we call Out of Bounds. And coming up on the other side, Ned Yost has to be replaced at some point. I think it's next year. Somebody got left in Omaha, and we also missed something while the Royals played in Omaha. Thanks, ESPN. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price. 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back into Out of Bounds on 610 Sports Radio, live and local on Saturdays. Make sure you tune in during the week, 10 to 2, show and burn, 6 to 10 a.m. Besco in the morning and 2 to 6, Levine and Carrington on the drive. And their producer is Brandon Kiley, who precedes us. He is on the leadoff. You had Kent Swanson on from Arrowhead Pride, who seems to be with Jay Binkley a lot. Just not in the chugging of beer videos that Jay Binkley does. I saw Jay Binkley Thursday night. He was getting ready to go to New Axiom for the Game 7 Blues versus the Bruins. Congratulations to the Blues, by the way, as they're having their parade in St. Louis today. Jay Binkley probably drank a Bloody Mary faster than I've seen anybody drink a Bloody Mary. I didn't even, like, that's not a chuggable drink. He didn't, like, chug it, but... Like, normally you drink a Bloody Mary with, like, a straw. Yeah. No. No? no, no, He was taking gulps? To be kind. Like, it was gone within five minutes. And that's a Bloody Mary. That's, like... Tomato juice and spices and vodka. And I mean, it was. Well, not to mention, like, a Bloody Mary is usually a drink that you drink, like, when you're trying to get past a hangover or something like that. Right. Take the hair off the dog. Exactly. You just, like, sit on it, sip on it, maybe spend, like, 30 minutes on that drink or something like that. I have no doubt, though, that Jay Binkley put that back pretty quick. Yeah. Um,. So coming up at 2.30, we're going to revisit our Father's Day topic, which we have, which is fictional fathers that you think are good or bad or both. Find one, send it to the text line, 69306, the Protein House Eat With a Purpose text line. U.S. Open is underway. It won't be over tonight until about 8 o'clock because it's in California at Pebble Beach. We also got a couple toss-ups for you guys for the Father's Day segment, so stay tuned. Hit us up on the text line. We'll let you think. We want to know if you think they're good or bad because yeah. right now we don't know. It's yeah, We talked about it, too. We had a very, very in-depth research and all this kind of stuff, weighing the pros and cons, and we just couldn't figure these guys out. And, of course, if you're driving around and 
you're listening today. We thank you very much. If you need to, you can always download the Radio.com app. I have it. I love it. So when I'm out of town, I can go to 610 Sports Radio, click on it, I can listen anytime. Subscribe to the podcast. You'll get a notification every time a new 610 podcast drops. That's right. But this past weekend, or this past week, I should say, we had a uh, pretty cool opportunity come up. We had the Royals in Omaha, but we missed something important. Yeah, so I guess the um, camera or whatever, everything stopped for ESPN. So um, I'm not sure if my parents caught it, but I, I'm sure they got a clip of it. We got to miss Nicky Lopez, first career Major League home run in a college park. That's awesome. ESPN's cameras kind of went off for a little bit. We didn't get to see it. We got to follow it. You could have heard it on the radio on 610sports.com. Nicky Lopez was asked about it afterwards, and you could tell in his demeanor he didn't really care. Um, he said his parents will probably be sure to see it at some point because, well, the way social media is, the way that you can get replays and everything like that. Not only was it Nicky's first home run in the big leagues, but it was the first major league home run ever hit in Nebraska. Yeah. So, you know, it's something else. Like, for all the Nebraska fans out there, the great baseball fans out there, kind of sucks that you missed it, ESPN. Which I, I believe that someone probably got chewed out for losing the connection and not having things figured out. I'm sure there's a director, a producer, a on-the-field technician, somebody like that. Somebody got lit up at ESPN because of the mistake that they had made. Um, but it was interesting because it was one of those things where, like, Nicky Lopez, we talked about him to come up. We wanted to see this young kid flourish. And then all of a sudden, a guy that's not going to hit a lot of home runs. We miss his official first home run while they're in Omaha, something that's never been done. So props. The other thing that we didn't get in Omaha was we didn't get Bubba Starling. I thought when you put two and two together, you'd think, okay, well, this stinks. Alex Gordon can't play because he's hurt, because he got hit by a pitch, and he's got a nagging injury where it hit him in the, in the side. Okay. You knew you were going to Omaha since last year. You've known Bubba Starling was going to be good since the middle of this year, the beginning, basically from the shoot in AAA, he's been good. In fact, the most talked about Royals player isn't even playing for the Royals. He plays in Omaha for a AAA team, yet he's not on the roster. What has seemed fitting for a guy that's taken so long to get to this point to make him the most comfortable he could be in his Major League debut and a stadium that he always plays in? How perfect would that be, too, for all the fans that actually go out there and watch two Chasers games? and he's the best player on the team right now, and then he gets to be called up and play in that stadium in front of the fans that see him all the time, makes too much sense, though. Alex Gordon doesn't play Omaha, Nebraska. Everything about Alex Gordon is just Lincoln, Omaha. Anything in Nebraska is Alex Gordon. Doesn't play. Bubba Starling, who has been tearing the world apart in AAA for the Royals this year, doesn't play. 25,000-plus still showed up. You mean to tell me there's not one of those people in the 25,000 that weren't like, even though they don't have a major league franchise in Nebraska, they weren't a little upset that one of those guys wasn't playing in the game, but yet it could have been avoided. Like you could have played Bubba. You could have called Bubba up. And the reason I bring up the Bubba Starling thing is because they brought up Jorge Bonifacio, who's hitting under 200 in AAA. And then Ned defends it by saying he's just basically coming up until Hunter Dozier's back. Because there's a lot of lefties coming up. Yeah, in Seattle. Binkley just texts, I didn't say the Storm Chasers played there. 
I said they play in Omaha. Thanks for listening, Jay Binkley. Storm Chasers play at Werner. Royals played at TD Ameritrade. I'm just saying, in a stadium in an area that Bubba yeah. Starling is very familiar with, it'd be a lot easier of a call-up. So he could go down the street. Binkley, middle finger. The other thing that's interesting is, I think when it comes to this Royals team, and last year when Ned Yost had the horrific incident where he fell out of a tree stand and had to have surgery and he almost died, Ned Yost was here to protect this team and to protect anybody that was going to come in and maybe play as the manager and get negative media coverage and a bad record. And they thought, well, maybe Ned's just sticking around for that. And then Ned came back this year, and the team is technically worse right now than they were last year. The team is currently 25 games under 500. And I've got to really, I've put this together, and I've thought about this. Ned's not going to be here forever. That's obvious. But if Ned's not here, then who? Why not Raul Ibanez? Raul Ibanez was the leader in that closed-door meeting in 14 that got this team on the right track where he basically called out everybody and said, you're better than this, you know you are, you can do it. Raul Ibanez was in consideration for the Yankees job. Raul Ibanez has a lot of ties to Dayton Moore and this team. Raul Ibanez still bleeds to that clubhouse because of that speech. These young kids that are coming up and seeing the World Series trophy and knowing that the World Series in 2015 is still very, very relevant, and what the history of this team has been for the Kansas City Royals. The 80s were good. The 90s and early 2000s were terrible. 2013, 14, 15, 16 were fun. Now we're back to being in that rut. Raul Ibanez is a guy that can get this team, I think, in the direction they need to go, and he's very familiar with the team. Now, a lot of people might think it might be Mike Matheny, who is playing basically the hand of the king right now for Dayton Moore. Worst job in West Rose. And Mike Matheny comes with an altered past. There are rumors, allegedly, that he had spies in the clubhouse. He got ran out of St. Louis. But Raul Ibanez makes sense because Raul Ibanez fits that young narrative and former player manager that a lot of sports are trying to get into. Who's the coach of the Arizona Cardinals in the football? In the NFL? Cliff Cliff Kingsbury. Who's the, like, you look at what Jason Kidd got a lot of looks. He's now, what, the assistant in uh, L.A.? Mm -hmm. But you think about it, it's not even just like a young players kind of thing or a young coaches kind of thing, but people who are fresh out of playing that sport professionally. Like Raul Ibanez is 47 years old, but he knows some of the guys that were with this team in 2014, and he's been around locker rooms recently, so he can relate to these guys a little bit better than a lot of other people. But with his age, he can demand the kind of respect that you need for your manager. And it makes you think. A guy that can be, like you said, respected because they just recently played, a guy that has ties, and a guy that has proven qualities that they could be there and that they could do that job. And when the Yankees had their two options at managers, I believe it was Aaron Boone and it was Raul Ibanez. And when it came down to the end of it, they went with Aaron Boone. Did the iconic home run against Tim Wakefield to go to the World Series help? Maybe. Does his family line help? Probably. Did he get the job? He did. Did Raul Ibanez? He didn't. But the fact to be considered as one of the top candidates in an organization that is very rich when it comes into baseball with 26 world titles and all that kind of sort of stuff, and to think that Raul Ibanez was good enough for the Yankees, then he sure as hell is good enough for the Royals. Yeah, not to mention just the Yankees job, but he was also 
the Tampa Bay Rays after Joe Madden was gone. They named him one of the three finalists for that job. So he's being considered. This isn't like crazy and way out there to think that Raul Abanez could be a major league manager because other teams are already looking at him like that. It's interesting because you think about it, Ned's not going to be here forever. Ned's got to go sometime. I don't know when it is. It's going to be sooner than later, obviously, to take a very lethargic take on that. I believe this will be Ned's last year. And if somebody's going to take the ranks, I'd like to see Raul Ibanez take that job. Coming up, we get to the worst and best fictional fathers. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price. 610 Sports Radio. From the text line, 702. What is the precise difference when discussing baseball between command and control? Good question, Aguano. Good question. Um, also from the 702, really enjoyed Bink being on in the afternoon yesterday. Would love to hear more. Enjoying your show, too. Keep up the good work. Thank you very much. But don't you think Bubba would be here already if he was supposed to be here by now from the 785? That is a debate for another time, and I am very strongly in belief of that as well. I don't get it. I don't understand. What's the wait? But wait no longer. Because if you'd like to chime in on this subject, you can't. The phone number is 913-576-7610. The text line, eat with a purpose text line. The Protein House, eat with a purpose text line, 69306. We now do the topic that we did about an hour or so ago of the worst slash best fictional dads. Nick Price, fictional dad number one that we think is a good dad i think it's clark griswold mm-hmm. i was just smelling smiling i was just blouse browsing wouldn't be the christmas shopping season if the stores were any less hooter than they are harder than they are clark griswold has all those good qualities and a good dad looks out for his family wants to reward his family with some stuff that he's worked hard on and also is kind of corny slash funny slash interesting but can turn it on when he finds out he gets a jolly of the month club reward another good dad oh sir I thought some angry member of the kitchen staff. Did you not tip them? Oh, the terrorists around that way. It was a run by fruiting. I'll get them, sir. Don't worry. Oh, good waste of juice. Loser. Not only is Daniel Hillard a great dad and Mrs. Doubtfire, he gave his son a great, what I would say is a great birthday present. Had a house party, had all the zoo animals from the San Francisco Zoo chiming in. And then, of course, gets wrecked by Sally Field because she's unhappy with their marriage and wants to get it on with James Bond. And then Robin Williams dresses up as a woman to make sure he can be around his kids because he's just a loyal father that loves his kids. He's a great dad. And then the last that we'll get to on our good dads is a guy that if you don't understand who he is, he will kill you. But what I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. If you let my daughter go now, that'll be the end of it. I will not look for you. I will not pursue you. But if you don't, I will look for you. I will find you, and I will kill you. Don't kidnap Liam Neeson's daughter. He's got skills that he knows how to use, and it's called a gun and a bullet, and he'll put it in your head and kill you. Yeah, good dad. Good dad overall, just doing anything for his daughter. When it comes to bad dads, I think it's pretty simple who the number one guy is, and that is... Since when can you hold on to the football? I haven't seen it. You hold on to it today? How about yesterday? Did you hold on to the football yesterday? Have you seen him hold on to the football? How about tomorrow? You gonna hold on to it tomorrow? How about now? Can you hold on? Hold on to the Damn football. It, hold on to the football. Maybe this will help. Dad! I can't listen to Tim McGraw's music the same anymore because all I think about is a bald ass 
going into getting his son's, middle of his son's time to, you know, try to show up to the girlfriend and duct tapes his hands to a football because he wants his son to play professional football, but he keeps fumbling. Yeah, you got that other scene, too, where Tim McGraw's drunk and he throws a state championship ring out into the field, Ugh. and his son's out there, like, looking for it, and he's just giving him a bunch of crap. Bad dad. Not a good dad. Another bad dad, Jack Nicholson. But not because of his actual self, but because of the character he played in The Shining, Jack Torrance. Here's Johnny. Yeah, that guy's a creep. That guy brought his family in the middle of nowhere during a winter storm in a hotel that was possessed by spirits and ghosts, and he became an ass, and he almost killed his entire family. Saying ass is an understatement. It is. He's a real big one, too. I just can't say too much more because I don't want to get fired. Another bad dad is Darth Vader because, well... He cut his son's wrist off. My dad would, well, he would hit me with some sarcasm. My mom had a quick right hand that she could get me at any time she wanted. But man, Darth Vader, your only lesson is that you literally cut your son's hand off. So there's a couple of our good and bad dads as we lead into Father's Day. We have a couple. And, well, the few that we have are toss-ups. One of them is this man. You clearly don't know who you're talking to, so let me clue you in. I am not in danger, Skyler. I am the danger. A guy opens his door and gets shot, and you think that of me? No. I am the one who knocks. I'm on the fence. I am Six, very on the fence. 69306, the Protein House E with a Purpose text line. Is Walter White a good or a bad dad? I'm on the fence. I mean, he started off making and selling meth. Because he was trying to provide for his family before he died. So, like, at that point, good dad, right? Right. He's doing some bad things, but he's a good dad. Then what happens when he starts taking the Aztec off-road? Yeah, so then, as he progresses through this thing, he learns. What does he say? He says, I didn't do it for you. I did it for me because I'm good at it. Now, she like says, that. Walter, if you tell me one more time you did this for the family, he goes, I didn't. I did it, be I did it for me because I was good at it and I liked it. Yeah. yeah. So, we've got kind of two contradicting things from walter white here i don't know what to say i don't know if he's a good dad or bad dad i'd say still probably a good dad because he did all this for the family but then it kind of became about himself walter white good dad from 816 bad dad peter griffin from the 660 i think he was a good dad it's interesting another toss-up so our two toss-ups walter white is he good or is he bad also you're a bad drunk. I'm a good drunk. Makes me happy. When you drink, you get mean. If it wasn't for me, Lip would be dead right now. Are you seriously telling me to stop drinking? I would never say that to my worst enemy. No, I am telling you there are good drunks and bad drunks. A good drunk is fun. A bad drunk wants to have a fight. A good drunk lives in the present. A bad drunk is thinking about yesterday. Frank Gallagher did two things really, really well. Uh, Fiona Gallagher... One of my top five favorite female actresses in the entire series of Shameless and any show. Um, Emmy Rossum, my word. You can have my heart, my life, my soul, anything. Toss-up dads. Frank Gallagher, Walter White. Are they good? Are they bad? I think Frank Gallagher is a good dad, even though he might be a deadbeat alcoholic. I think Frank Gallagher is a good dad. He made his kids better for who they were because of, of him. They didn't want to be Frank. Some of them have a little bit of qualities in Frank, but you know what? Frank's really smart, and sometimes genetics work. And those kids are all really smart. I'm just saying. And Walter White, another one. Is he a good dad or is he a bad dad? Yeah, he is Heisenberg, who makes 
blew meth and gets a lot of money for it, but he did it because he was good at it and he liked it and he gave money for his for his family. And Flynn, ugh, one of my most hated characters, ugh. Walt Jr., can't stand him. He's got $18 million going to his bank account when he turns a certain age. Binkley, you're a good dad, I guess. He keeps texting me. I'm a good dad. <laughs> yes, you are. Yes, you are, Jay. How many dads you know can chug a Space Camper IPA from Boulevard? Shout out Jeremy Danner. You got another one for I a toss-up? I got one more before we get to get to the break here. This guy, definitely a toss-up. Well, I just really met my dad for the first time five days ago. He comes back, and, and now he wants me to take over the family business. But, Scott, who's going to take over the world when I die? Listen to the words he used. Who's going to take over the world? I don't know. I was thinking I like animals. Maybe I'd be a vet. An evil vet? No. Maybe like work in a petting zoo. An evil petting zoo? You always do that! So, Dr. Evil, I can't tell. Is he a good dad? Is he bad dad? He wants to have a relationship with his son, but he also later in that same scene says that he's trying to kill his son. Yeah. I don't know. Dr. Evil kind of comes around, though, towards the end of one of those, I don't know how many Austin Powers movies they made, three, four. International Man of Mystery, Spy Who Shagged Me, and Gold, remember, I think, are the three of them. Mm -hmm. I think they're all on Netflix. But, uh, yeah, it's a pretty interesting debate. You can check it out on the podcast page. You can check it out on Twitter, anything you want. Coming up, we've got uh, something that really changed my mind today, and that is O.J. Simpson went to Twitter. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price, 610 Sports Radio. Back in on 610 Sports Radio, live and local Saturdays. This is Out of Bounds. Coming up right after us is the overtime with Chris Winnesera and Julio Sanchez. No Julian Carroll this week. She is in Paris, France. Uh, so... When you hear two guys and not a lady talking with him and say, Sacre bleu, which means what the hell in French, mm. um, you'll understand. But we're getting some more uh, reports from the text line on the Father's Day topic. Yeah, what about Reese Bobby's dad from the 816? Mm. Yeah, solid. or Ricky Bobby's dad, Reese Bobby. Solid. Yeah, yeah that was very, good. very solid. Uh, People seem to think that Walter White was a good dad. So I think that that one is I guess. settled. I mean, I guess. I mean, I think he's all. I think he's a good dad. I just think he's a bad dude. I think he's got a terrible son. Yeah, uh, well, yeah. I mean, I'm not a big fan of uh, ungrateful of Flynn. son. Yeah, uh, Ned Stark, obviously the best good dad ever. I think you just. I didn't want to put him in that second go round just because Ned Stark is. Uh, well, I guess I'm just biased. Um, speaking of good and bad dads, O.J. Simpson went to Twitter, and he said this. Hey, Twitter world, this is yours truly. Now, coming soon to Twitter, you'll get to read all my thoughts and opinions on just about everything. Pause it. You'll get to read all my thoughts on just about everything is flag number one. Now, there's a lot of fake OJ accounts out there. Two, there's a lot of fake OJ accounts out there. So this one, at the real OJ32 is the only official one. So this should be a lot of fun. I got a little getting even to do. So God bless. Take care. I've got What little... does he mean by that? I have no idea. I don't know. Maybe there's a break in the case. I've got a little getting even to do, and God bless. First off, you're a murderer, allegedly, and you don't get the you don't I don't think OJ gets the ability to say God bless. I don't I know. He's got his God bless card re revoked. Uh one more time for those in the back. Hey Twitter world, this is yours truly. Now coming soon to Twitter, you'll get to read all my thoughts and opinions on just about everything. Now, there's a lot of fake OJ accounts out there. So this one, at the real OJ32, is the only official one. So this should be a lot of fun. I got a little getting even to do. So God bless. Take care. 
I've got a little getting even to do. That's where he started. His account, that we don't know if is real or not, already has over 100,000 followers, and it started today on June 15th, 2019. Yeah, and it had a lot of really, uh, it had about like 10 tweets on it earlier, which were very, very bad. Four. That I made me think that this clearly is not OJ. And they've all since been deleted since our show started. So mm. I'm guessing that OJ Simpson didn't really understand that when he put this out there that a million people would go and try to make a joke out of his Twitter handle, the yeah. real OJ32. Well, he was in jail for eight years. Yeah, and yeah, so he probably doesn't really know how Twitter works, but... Guess he's uh, well, got some getting even to do. Good Yeesh. God. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really know what's going on with OJ Simpson. I know that he doesn't really understand Twitter and that he doesn't do things for the right reasons. Um, obviously, if you don't know anything about him, there's documentaries everywhere. Go look Go it check up. Check him out. Uh, he just had an incredible, interesting article about what he and Chris Jenner did on a honeymoon at some point. Not a honeymoon, but like a private getaway. Uh, his way of describing it was well, quite vulgar. And now he's gone to Twitter and said he's got some getting even to do. I don't know what that means. I literally have no idea what that means. There are times when I see videos or I see quotes or something, and I can kind of piece some things together and think, oh, I kind of know where this is going. Not with Orithal James Simpson, AK used to be called the juice, AK one guy with a knife, AK completely delusional. But OJ Simpson goes to Twitter and drops that, and he has officially lost it all. I'm not sure whatever was left, maybe a size of a graham cracker crumb, but now it is all gone. Whatever OJ Simpson is up to, he needs somebody to just say, no, social media is not the place for O.J. Simpson. Social media is something that O.J. Simpson should stay as far away from as humanly possible. And now he's got some getting even to do. Oh, baby. Yeah, we said he wasn't allowed to say God bless. I don't think that he's allowed to say that he's got some getting even to do either. Yeah, and I don't, think he's, that I don't think he's allowed to say God bless. Also, in other news from a former football player, The Rock. Yeah, The Rock posted on his Instagram earlier this week, basically just like, Big ins inspirational message that The Rock likes to do, but it's a picture of him on the set of Ballers, and it is at Chiefs camp. So that just kind of got me asking. Season 5 of Ballers is coming out, and he talks about how he's been taping a lot with different NFL teams. Do you think maybe we'll see an Andy or uh, Pat Mahomes or maybe Travis Kelsey on HBO? I don't know because I don't know how the contract thing works. and I don't know how, like, the legal rights of things work. And I don't watch the show Ballers. I don't know if you do or not. So you're the wrong person to ask. Right. But, but I don't know. Do they actually use NFL teams on there? Like, do they have the licensing? Yeah, they have the, so they have the licensing for all 32 teams, I believe. They usually do it a lot about I, – I only watched, like, the first two seasons. But right. They do it a lot about the Miami Dolphins because it takes place in Miami. But they also have a lot of NFL players that make cameos, kind of like in Entourage, how they had a lot of movie stars and TV stars and stuff like that. Right. So who knows? But we might be seeing Andy or Pat or Kelsey or somebody that you know on this team on HBO. If I had to answer your question with a educational response, I don't think we see Andy just because I don't think he's about that life. But I think we could see Pat because I think it's kind of one of those things where like, they have a young enough GM. Uh, the owner's not really involved, I don't think, a whole lot when it comes to stuff like this. And I think Veach is probably okay with them being like, you know what, go out there and shine, have a good time, and, you know, we'll see what happens. Because, you know, it's a cameo, so it could just be like Mahomes being like, hey, let me show you something real quick. And then he, like, throws, like, a crazy deep ball, like, not looking, and all of a sudden, like, the Rock's like, 
that's what we're looking for. Something like that. I don't watch Ballers, so I don't yeah. know the contest. I know my stepdad watches it. Shout out Jeff Milburn from, uh, for Father's Day. I know he watches it, so I know he'd be interested. But I think there could also be, because right from the shot on Instagram, um, from what I'm looking at, it looks like there's just like a Chiefs banner behind him and just some random guy with the football running. So maybe like they could tease it to where like the Rock's going to find a new talent. He's going to Kansas City, and then they could throw Mahomes in there somewhere. But again, man, we talked about it earlier. From Madden to training camp to OTAs to whatever it is, anything that's got number 15 in Mahomes stable to it, it's a worldwide phenomenon. Well, at least nationwide. Yeah, and I could definitely see, like, Travis Kelsey being on there, too. Because they have, a, one. they have a lot of, like, party scenes sure. and stuff where the NFL players are all partying together and biggest party animal around, Travis Kelsey right now. Yeah, and, I mean, he was on a, what, he was a reality show where it was, like, Catching Kelsey. Catching Kelsey, right? yeah, it was a great show. And then... Uh, Very entertaining. Yeah, I never watched one episode because I was afraid if I watched it, I would like slowly but surely not like Travis Kelsey. See, we were watching it and like me and a bunch of my friends would all actually watch it like every Wednesday night when it came out. And essentially, it's just like 12 dudes getting together to watch The Bachelor. But it's okay because it's our football player. Sure. If that's how you want to sell it. I mean, that's how I'm going to sell it. There's a lot of guys that like The Bachelor, though. Yeah. A lot. Like I know a friend of the show, Ben Heisler, he likes The Bachelor. Steven Spector, I think, watches it all the time. Nothing wrong with it. There really isn't. Um, but, no, I think that there is a chance that you could see Mahomes. I think there's a chance you could see I, I, Kelsey for sure, Mahomes for sure. Um, Maybe Chris Jones. <laughs> he's got to be there. Yeah. Um, because I think it looks like they're filming now. Yeah. That's the only other question I have is, like, I don't know when they filmed or where at they filmed at, but, I mean. Well, and most of those guys in the scene probably aren't going to be Chiefs players. It's right. It's going to be a bunch of extras. And they'll have, players. like, one guy come up or, like, You'll see Andy walk by or something like that. But to be fair, they do have like three weeks off until they go back to training camp. So right now they could literally like shut down some sets. They could go anywhere they wanted to at Arrowhead or something like that, film a quick scene and be on with it. Yeah. I mean, how great would that be? Patrick Mahomes on an HBO show at the age of 23, almost 24. He'll be 24, I believe, in September. And uh, and then he's on HBO. He's on the cover of Madden. He's the MVP. And now you got to do is get a Super Bowl ring. That would be a much better cameo on HBO than Aaron Rodgers had. That's for sure. Oh, yeah, he burned into a bunch of flames on Game of Thrones. Yeah, he was on the show for about two seconds. And then trashed it, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. It'd be like somebody being like, hey, you want to come be a guest on our show? And they do like a one five-minute segment, and then like the next day they're like, yeah, it was cool to be on the show, but I think the show sucks. Yeah, (laughs) those guys are terrible. No, I mean, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, Father's Day, TV's worst good best dads, uh, movies, fictional dads, whatever you want to call it. I think the runaways for the top three favorites were Ned Stark for us, uh, Mrs. Doubtfire, Robin Williams, and then uh, Clark Griswold, mm-hmm. bad dads. I think Ricky Bobby's dad came in and stole the show on the text line. Yeah. Um, Darth Vader's up there. And then another bad dad was obviously Tim McGraw from Friday Night Lights. Yeah, just cringeworthy stuff there. He is kind of cringeworthy. And, like, his music makes me cringe. Two-minute warning. Now to bring us oh, to I think the about his duct tape. Baldness. What the heck? Let's go. Two-minute warning. That's how we wrap this bad boy up every time. We got two minutes to get done with this, and then we got about 60 seconds to get out of here. We led this show off like we always do with the most popular topic in town, and that is the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes and training camp dates have been announced, so you can get out there and you can get you some. So all these people that have been Mahomes horny or Chiefs horny for the longest time because it's been the longest offseason in the entire world, but yet it hasn't been because they got all the way to the AFC Championship game. I've got a feeling that training camp's going to look a lot like Fan Fest did after the 14 and 15 seasons for the Kansas City Royals. 
You'll have people there just to get a look, just to get a glimpse. You just got to see a potential champion. They just want to see the taste. They want to see the MVP and the most explosive offensive player that the Chiefs have ever seen since, well, maybe Priest Holmes or Larry Johnson, but not as quarterback. Also, Royals, 25 games under 500. I've got a feeling that this might be Ned Yost's last year as Royals manager. If it's not, I would really be surprised. But if it is, I would love to see Raul Ibanez take the ranks as the Royals manager so we can mark the tape that if one day we get Raul Ibanez back, he'll be here. Also, Father's Day, good, bad movie characters, TV characters, fictional fathers. Who's the worst? Who's the best? When it comes to the NBA, I thought it was a worse ending than the worst ending that a lot of people thought in a series on HBO and Game of Thrones. You had Fred Van Fleet playing the role of Brandon Stark. Also, Kawhi Leonard, King of the North or Warden of the North, about as boring as Sansa Stark, but also gets the job done and everybody respects him, so I can't hate on that either. That's the two-minute warning. That's the show out of bounds. To Nick Price, to myself, to everybody that listens, stay safe, have a fun Saturday. Coming up next, overtime. Two of the three sexiest people on radio, Julio Sanchez and Chris Unicero. Jillian Carroll again is in Paris for the Women's uh, World Cup. Got uh, got that leading up to Cody Tapp's pregame show with the Royals there in Minnesota, which that's just going to be a fun series. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so Happy Father's Day. That's right. Kurt Likens, Jeff Milburn to my fathers. Mike uh, Price. Happy, happy Father's, Father's Day. Day. Take care. Kansas City, stay fun, stay local, and have a good time. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.